Compass Media Networks. This is America's First News. This morning with your host, Gordon Deal. Bail is set. Good morning, I'm Gordon Deal, along with Jennifer Koshenka on this Tuesday, August 22nd. Glad you could be with us. Here's what we have for you this hour. Donald Trump will surrender Thursday in the Georgia election case. Meanwhile, a judge in Atlanta has set bail at $200,000. Hundreds remain missing after the deadly Maui wildfires. Also, another awkward moment for President Biden after remarks in Lahaina. A sigh of relief in Southern California where damage from Tropical Storm Hillary was less than anticipated. And bartenders and baristas pulled into duty to administer life-saving drugs to patrons overdosing on opioids. A pretty routine Saturday night, one of the gentlemen was making more frequent trips to the bathroom. And then at some point, there was some commotion happening in the corner booth. The man's face had turned yellow and his eyes were rolled back to his head and he was sweating profusely all over. Elaine, uh, Eleanor Park at the New York Times on workers who might serve a drink, then save a life. It's been two weeks since a devastating wildfire tore through western Maui, where 850 people remain missing. Of the more than 2,000 people missing at the beginning of the disaster in Lahaina, more than 1,200 have since been located and are considered safe. At least 114 people died in that fire, the deadliest U.S. wildfire in more than a century. President Biden visited Lahaina yesterday and pledged that the effort to rebuild would be guided by local wishes. Jill and I are here to grieve with you, but also want you to know the entire country is here for you. Many onlookers greeted the Bidens with the shaka, the hand gesture of the thumb and little finger extended that signals aloha. Others raised their middle fingers at the motorcade. Hawaii Senator Brian Schatz. The frustration um, is understandable. People lost their homes, they lost their town, they lost family members. Mr. Biden has been criticized by some for his initial response. He went several days without speaking about the fire while vacationing at his Delaware beach house. Former President Trump says he will surrender in Atlanta on Thursday in the criminal election interference case against him after bond was set at $200,000. We get more from this morning's Dave Duncan. While setting bond, the Fulton County Superior Court judge also imposed limits on Trump's public statements. Unlike some of his 18 co-defendants in the racketeering case, Trump was explicitly prohibited from using social media to target co-defendants, potential witnesses, and the 30 unindicted co-conspirators in the case. Also, in the three other criminal cases against Trump, no mugshot was taken, but experts said that's not standard practice in Georgia, where he will also be fingerprinted. Gordon. Thank you, Dave. In a social media post on his Truth Social platform, Mr. Trump wrote, Can you believe it? Referencing DA Fonnie Willis, he added, quote, She campaigned and is continuing to campaign and raise money on this witch hunt. Even with record rainfall, the damage to Southern California seemed to be minimal, relatively speaking, for residents in the Inland Empire, Orange, and Los Angeles counties. Tropical Storm Hillary was downgraded to a post-tropical storm yesterday as it traveled over Nevada, leaving floods and debris flows, but no major property damage. L.A. Fire Chief Kristen Crowley. We have not encountered any significant debris flow incidents 
but our saturated hillsides still can pose a threat for mudslides. The National Weather Service says just over half an inch of rain from Hillary was recorded at the Las Vegas airport, but rain gauges in Spring Mountains, about an hour's drive to the west, recorded five to six inches of rain in about 36 hours. Further to the west in California's Death Valley, the National Park remained closed after significant flooding was reported. Flooding remained a possibility in western Nevada and the Sierras in eastern California through early today. The Dell Technologies Back to School event is on with deals on top tech for class, hobbies, and more. Now with every eligible purchase, Dell will donate to UNICEF in support of GIGA, an initiative to connect schools across the globe to the Internet. Accidental damage protection included. Get rare deals on select laptops and desktops powered by the latest Intel Core processors. Save now at dell.com deals. UNICEF does not endorse any company, brand, product, or service. Thanks for spending time with us. Welcome into Tuesday. There's no template for the 2024 presidential election. Former President Trump, who's leading the GOP field by a mile, is a defendant in four criminal trials, and those trials could kick off in the first half of 2024. Here are four ways the campaign could go from Rick Newman, senior columnist at Yahoo Finance. Rick, set this up. This will affect all the policy issues that go along with the presidential campaign. And the question is, will Trump end up being the Republican nominee or not? And there's a big difference in terms of how the election would end up framed. So the the first thing that could happen, even though Trump says he's going to go the distance, uh, he could drop out. I mean, um, you know, political analysts say uh, you really cannot overstate how difficult it is going to be for Trump to be involved in these criminal prosecutions. I mean, he's got four criminal trials in four different places, which means four teams of lawyers, uh, he is going to have to be preparing uh, legal uh, analysis the whole way. He's going to have to be showing up in courts in different places. And it's quite possible he, he just won't be able to handle it. Um, now, I, I don't think Trump will drop out, but I think we should uh, consider the fact that that could be a possibility. I can't pretend to, to know all the logistics, but just, hey, show up in Washington for this hearing on this trial. And oh, by the way, let's run a campaign event that night in uh, the suburbs of Virginia. And then two days later, perhaps you got to be prepping your response on the witness stand for, I don't know, pick your case, the New York case. Yeah, that's exactly right. Now, the judges in these four cases can get together, talk among themselves and try to schedule these in a sequential way so so they're not overlapping, so you okay. don't have two or three trials going on at, at the same time. And it seems uh, plausible they will do that. But, I mean, just to look at the schedule we know so far, the New York City case is supposed to start next spring. Uh, the Florida Documents case is supposed to start next May. The uh, Fulton County prosecutor in uh, in Georgia also wants that trial to start uh, in the spring, Uh, And we don't know yet about the D.C. trial related to January 6th. But, uh, I I mean, this is is almost impossible to imagine. I I don't don't think even criminal bosses, uh, you know, who get maximum prosecution have to deal with this kind of schedule. So, uh, you know, it's worth asking. So let's say Trump is just completely consumed with um, all these trials and he cannot do campaign events or things like that. I mean, it's worth asking, does it matter And it might not matter, Gordon, because we all know uh, nobody uh, gets more media attention than Trump. And he's already got such name recognition and such a head start among uh, the other Republican candidates. I mean, his, uh, you know, his approval rating within the Republican Party is like 63 percent. And Republicans 
favor Trump over the number two guy, DeSantis, by something like 50 points to 15 points. So Trump has an enormous lead, so it's possible he could weather these distractions to some uh, regard. We're speaking with Rick Newman, senior columnist at Yahoo Finance. He's written a piece called Four Ways Trump's Criminal Trials Could Shape the 2024 Elections. All right, so point number one you make, I he could just quit the race. Uh, another one, money. I mean, what if he runs out or runs short? He could. And one of the things we're seeing already is a lot of the funding, the donations that go to one of his political, act, political action committees are actually being used for Trump's legal fees and for Trump for the legal fees of other uh, people Trump is accused with, which is not normal uh, that you would use political donations to cover uh, legal fees, but apparently it is legal in a technical sense. So um, that is going to take money away from Trump's campaign, and it's not so much the logistics of running the campaign, because that's a different uh, set of uh, donations, but it's uh, it's things that political action committees do. A lot of advertising. Um, that a lot, so if the money is being diverted to legal fees, that means less advertising. Uh, it means fewer, less donations to other candidates and causes, and that is important because that's how you uh, one way you develop influence within the party. So if you think that that you know that will weaken Trump's, you know Trump, for instance, may not may have less money or perhaps no money to help fund other candidates. So maybe those other candidates are not going to be so beholden to him. Thanks, Rick. Rick Newman, senior columnist at Yahoo Finance. 20 minutes after the hour on This Morning, here's Jennifer Koshenka. And now, the three big things you need to know. Number one. Maui County Mayor Richard Bisson says a total of 850 people are still missing in connection with the deadly wildfires that devastated Maui. At least 114 people died in the wildfires, but only 27 have so far been identified. Bisson says a number of missing people was the result of the FBI combining and refining various lists of missing people. President Biden toured the devastated area yesterday. Well, I've observed in my short time here today is the courage, community, the sense of togetherness you have. Number two. Hillary has been downgraded to a post-tropical storm as it traveled over Nevada, leaving floods in its wake, but no reported deaths or major property damage. The storm traveled north into Nevada and eastern California after it dropped record amounts of rain in areas including Los Angeles. L.A. Mayor Karen Bass. The Los Angeles Fire Department so far has reported no damage or injuries in the city resulting from the earthquake and as for the storm we we prepared we provided an emergency response and now we take steps to survey the damage meanwhile a tropical depression in the gulf of mexico strengthened into tropical storm herald as it moved toward texas early today a tropical storm warning has been issued for the southern texas coast and residents are being urged to review their personal emergency response plans Number three. Residents in the central part of the country are enduring a potentially record-smashing August heat wave. From Louisiana to Minnesota, the National Weather Service describes the heat as searing, oppressive, and dangerous. Triple-digit readings will persist through the rest of the week, bringing the highest temperatures of the summer. A federal judge today will consider whether Texas can keep a floating barrier on the U.S.-Mexico border as both the Biden administration and Mexico push to remove Republican Governor Greg Abbott's latest hardline measure to deter migrants from crossing. Texas is being sued by the Justice Department, which argues the barrier could impact relations 
relations with Mexico and pose humanitarian and environmental risks. Well, if you haven't seen Barbie or Oppenheimer, Sunday is your chance to catch up for only $4. Theater owners have announced the second annual National Cinema Day, which means that for that one day, all movies will be just $4 at some 3,000 participating theaters. That's What's that, like a flashback to like uh, 1990s or something? Yeah, like $4. That. Four bucks. <laughs> Thank you, Jen. Pure opportunity. It's what Michigan is all about. The opportunity to do more. The opportunity for all businesses to reach their full potential. Visit michiganbusiness.org slash radio to discover all the ways the MEDC is helping Michigan thrive. Thanks for being with us. New trend at work. Companies are hiring behavioral health professionals to help staff who've been working from home transition back to the office to deal with any anxieties. Analysis from career expert Julie Bauke, known as Julie on the job. Julie, what do we have? All kinds of things can be true here at once. And it is true that COVID and everything associated with it, with the lack of the ability to build, maintain, and grow relationships, with the lack of opportunity to practice your soft skills, with, with a, a lack that we've already discussed of people being able to return to the office and know how to operate in an office environment. For those of us who've been around for a while, it's we might have gotten rusty, but it's like riding a bike. You know, once we get back on, we're gonna figure it out. But when you look at people who are maybe younger, who already have um, some issues with mental health in general, um, putting them in a brand new situation where it is completely uncomfortable for them will cause anxiety, it just does. and. So when we're asking people to return to something or do something that's completely unfamiliar to them, I think you can expect a level of anxiety, number one. Number two, there is absolutely a greater focus on mental health and mental wellness. There's more, let's just say there's more of an acknowledgement that it's an issue than there ever has been in the past. And that's a good thing. And employers are looking to provide resources to help their people you know, navigate their whole lives and they're being forced to do it. Anybody who isn't getting on board with helping people manage their whole lives so they can show up at work and be functional and productive, they're going to they're going to miss the boat. It's just where we are. And so I look at this as an extension and companies have always had or for very 30 plus years have had employee assistance programs to help their people with issues and a lot of times people use an EAP sometimes to deal with work issues, but a lot of times to deal with relationship issues, with you just outside of work issues. And that was the idea back at the advent of employee assistance programs was, if we can help you take care of your issues outside of work, you'll show up at work as, you know, as just a better human being and you'll be more productive, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, it's almost like, so if you picture someone doing, going to a therapist's office 20 years ago for an EAP session, now what they're saying is we acknowledge it and we've talked a million times about how the boundaries between work and life are pretty much gone. And so picture now those resources coming in and breaking the barriers that may exist that once were just a therapist's office versus work. Now it's like, no, we're going to make sure that you are whole. You know, interestingly, Gordon, I had a conversation with somebody at a very old family-owned company that has always taken wonderful care of their people. Okay. They're in a very, very tough, ugly, difficult industry that's not for everybody. But I'm telling you one thing that they, and this is great, it's, it's crazy only in that we don't hear about it anymore. 
they have created and built a culture that is um, that people want to come and stay. Thanks, Julie. Career expert Julie Bauke, known as Julie on the Job. By the way, if you've missed anything, be sure to check out a podcast of today's show, available every day on the This Morning with Gordon Deal app, plus Apple or Google or wherever you get your podcasts. This portion of the program is brought to you by BetterHelp. Sometimes in life, we're faced with tough choices, and the path forward isn't always clear. Whether you're dealing with decisions around career, relationships, or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life. Trusting yourself to make decisions that align with your values is like anything. The more you practice, the easier it gets. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on a journey of self-discovery. Through therapy, you can learn positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. BetterHelp can empower you to be the best version of yourself. It's entirely online and designed to be flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional cost. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com deal to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, BetterHelp.com deal. Cutting through the clutter to bring you the people and stories that matter to you. You're listening to America's First News, This Morning with Gordon Deal. Glad you're with us. Welcome into Tuesday, August 22. Gordon Deal, Jennifer Koshenka, some of our top stories and headlines. Trump will turn himself in Thursday in the Georgia election case. Biden visits a devastated Lahaina, but not without controversy. With environmental approval from the U.N., Japan will begin discharging slightly radioactive wastewater from the Fukushima nuclear plant Thursday. American Shikari Richardson is the fastest woman on the planet after winning at the World Championships in Budapest. And the dog who chewed the passport of the groom-to-be just before the overseas wedding. That story in about 20 minutes. This portion of the program is brought to you by Dell. The Dell Technologies back-to-school event starts now with savings on select PCs powered by the latest Intel Core processors. Save today at dell.com deals. As the opioid crisis in the U.S. continues to worsen, overdoses are now happening with regularity in or around social spaces like restaurants and bars. City officials and nonprofit organizations are working to get Narcan to those businesses where it can be immediately useful. Eleanor Park, reporter at the New York Times, says the jobs of service workers like bartenders and baristas now include reversing an overdose. Eleanor, what have you noticed? We noticed that, and this isn't really a surprise to anyone who's been following the news, that the opioid crisis in the United States has been worsening, especially um, starting at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, And part of that is because fentanyl is becoming more easily combined with recreational drugs like cocaine and methamphetamines. It's frightening. All right, so you profiled a a couple of folks in your story who are in the service industry. The first one was this Kevin Forkob, bartender in Towson, Maryland. Explain what he went through. He was working, what he described to me was a pretty routine Saturday night, very low-key. And the bar that he works at is, uh, despite being a college town, uh, they mostly get regulars. Um, And as he and the manager, Noel Swain, put it, townies, um, he noticed a group of gentlemen playing Magic the Gathering in a corner booth. Um, He mentioned to me while reporting the story that one of the gentlemen 
um, was making more frequent trips to the bathroom, which he thought was odd. And then at some point, uh, another customer ran to him at the bar, said that there was some commotion happening in the corner booth. When he ran over, he noticed that the man's face had turned yellow and his eyes were rolled back to his head and he was sweating profusely all Mm. over. Um, And that's when he made the decision to grab a dose of Narcan, which he received from actually a nonprofit called Love in the Trenches only a week prior, tilted the man's head back and pushed the plunger to release a dose. Up up his nose. That's how that goes, right? Yes. So Narcan is a nasal spray version of naloxone, which is a drug that reverses opioid overdoses. It became available over the counter last March. Wow. So it probably saved a guy's life uh, between uh, pouring beers out of the keg or whatever. Are these service workers okay with that? For the most part, the people that we interviewed said that it feels like a no-brainer. If they have the opportunity to save a life, why not take it? Despite that, Narcan still carries somewhat of a divisive stigma. Um, A lot of people that we spoke to said that they are and have been hesitant to carry Narcan because it has a stigma still that it invites drug use. Wow. We're speaking with Eleanor Park, SEO editor at the New York Times. Her piece is called Serve a Drink, Then Save a Life. This is restaurant work during the opioid epidemic. You referenced in your story, too, some data from uh, this Kentucky group about Louisville. And uh, like this, this type of thing happens in areas where there's a high concentration of bars and restaurants. Well, I think it's really honestly happening anywhere that people are drinking and potentially can make bad decisions to do drugs. The way that Noelle Swain, the bar manager in Towson, Maryland, put it is that when people have been drinking, they don't make the best decisions. And sometimes maybe you don't have to be someone who uses drugs often or at all, but you might make one bad decision when you're inebriated under the influence and take a drug that you normally don't do. The risk these days is that because fentanyl is so easily combined in drugs that we would think, you know, are maybe fun to do just for a night or a one-time thing can potentially kill you. Yeah. So Narcan essentially has become just another tool in a first aid kit, essentially? Yes. So a lot of the hospitality workers that we spoke with compared carrying Narcan behind the bar, similar to having a first aid kit, having it visible, like the AED box, letting customers know that this is a safe place if something were to happen. Thanks, Eleanor. Eleanor Park, SEO editor at The New York Times. What does the future of mobility in Michigan sound like? It's the sound of new EV charging stations at our state parks. Discover all the ways MEDC is driving next-gen mobility in Michigan at michiganbusiness.org slash radio. Thanks for being with us. Americans are anxious and a flurry of old line companies, upstarts, and opportunistic entrepreneurs aim to fill the demand for relief. Here's Julie Wernow, health reporter at the Wall Street Journal. Julie, what's the big picture? Americans are much more anxious than they were, you know, even in 2019, pre-pandemic. We're just seeing that across the board, every metric is showing us that people are being diagnosed with anxiety disorders at a faster clip, that their self-reported anxiety is much higher. And so uh, we have this sort of huge marketplace now for anti-anxiety products um, to try to help with this problem in America. Why is help so hard to get? 
part of it is demand. Demand has gone up. There's a lot more people who are out there trying to look for mental health professionals. Um, we're having this moment in America where it's sort of okay to talk about mental health in a way that it wasn't before. People are sort of looking at themselves, recognizing the signs of um, mental illness or anxiety and seeking help. Um, unfortunately, it's not that easy to find. There's a shortage of mental health workers. There's also a shortage of good mental health workers. And then when you add to it um, good mental health workers that actually take insurance, uh, we have a little bit of a problem. Boy, you bring up an interesting point, I guess, and that is since not all insurance will cover, say, sessions with a therapist, I mean, does mental health become an issue that can only be addressed by those with money? It's certainly easier if you have money. Uh, you know, there's, there's just the the situation is really kind of dire, especially when you compare it against, you know, other kinds of health workers and, you know, specialists that you could find. Uh, so what has happened is that we have this kind of parade of companies that are coming in and trying to fill that void so that, you know, people can find other ways of getting around this problem. So one of the ways that folks try to address this, if, they can't say get to a therapist or I don't know get proper medicine is is uh, say like online help. What's that like? That's right. I mean, there's a just a host of apps. As anyone who probably has been googling help for mental health is is getting in their Instagram feed right now, and you know they range from you know providers that are really coaches, so they're not actually mental health workers that sort of talk to you about mental health. There's um, there's apps where there are professional listeners. I mean, really just people who are trained to kind of listen and, you know, give kind of positive feedback, but are actually not mental health workers. And then, you know, on the other end of the spectrum, there's, um, you know, these, these apps that are actually, you know, signing up with employee benefits providers to actually give, you know, sort of almost like telehealth, mental health support mm. with real healthcare workers. Right. We're speaking with Julie Wernow, health reporter at the Wall Street Journal. Her story is called The Booming Business of American Anxiety. What about supplements or what about something like CBD? How, how does that all play in here? That's right. Yeah, there's essentially, you know, people kind of want to feel like they have more control over their mental health and supplement companies have kind of picked that up and taken notice. Uh, one of the supplements that's become wildly popular is called ashwagandha, which a lot of people have heard of now. I don't think we could pronounce it right three or four years ago. Um, the, we've seen, you know, numbers showing that sales of that product have gone up fourfold um, in just a couple of years. Wow. There's also um, sort of these, this these influencer psychiatrists that are on TikTok and own their own supplement companies that are selling other products that have, you know, kind of early positive results for anxiety, things like uh, vitamin D, magnesium, etc. So there is no shortage of ways that people can supplement themselves to try to aid their anxiety. Thanks, Julie. Julie Warnow. 
health reporter at the Wall Street Journal. The Dell Technologies Back to School event is on with deals on top tech for class, hobbies, and more. Now with every eligible purchase, Dell will donate to UNICEF in support of GIGA, an initiative to connect schools across the globe to the Internet, accidental damage protection included. Get rare deals on select laptops and desktops powered by the latest Intel Core processors. Save now at dell.com deals. UNICEF does not endorse any company, brand, product, or service. Thanks for spending time with us. Welcome into Tuesday, nine minutes now in front of the hour. On this morning, America's first news, here's Jennifer Koshenka. And now, the three big things you need to know. Number one. Nearly two weeks after a devastating fire tore through Lahaina, 850 people remain missing. Of the more than 2,000 people missing at the beginning of the disaster response efforts, more than 1,280 have since been located and are considered safe. President Biden toured the area yesterday. It's not an ordinary community. Community based on faith in one another. At least 114 people died in the fire, the deadliest U.S. wildfire in more than a century. Number two. Donald Trump says he will surrender in Atlanta on Thursday in the criminal election interference case against him after bond for the former president was set at $200,000. The surrender is largely procedural, and many of the defendants have negotiated or are expected to negotiate their release on bond. Number three. Police say a Southern California clothing store owner was shot and killed after an argument about a rainbow pride flag hanging outside her business as the LGBTQ community continues to face violence and threats across the country. 66-year-old Lori Carlton died from a gunshot wound Friday at her store in Cedar Glen. The suspected shooter, 27-year-old Travis Igaguchi, also is dead following a shootout with deputies after he fled San Bernardino Sheriff Shannon Dykus. Investigators determined prior to the shooting that Ikaguchi tore down a pride or rainbow flag that was hanging in front of the Magpie store and yelled many homophobic slurs toward Carlton. Police say the shooter had social media accounts containing anti-LGBTQ and anti-law enforcement material. A federal appeals court has allowed Alabama to enforce a ban on gender-affirming care for minors, the latest in a series of rulings over efforts by conservative states to limit access to such treatments. A three-judge panel sided with the state over objections from a group of transgender minors and their parents who argued the state law violated the 14th Amendment. She's the only one in the world and she needs a name. A Tennessee zoo is asking the public to help name a spotless giraffe that was born last month. A giraffe born at the Bright's Zoo in Limestone on July 31st is a reticulated giraffe, a species of giraffe, added to the endangered list in 2018. You can vote for her name on the zoo's Facebook page. Wow. She's pretty cool looking. I saw that. Looks like a, like a, like a brown horse with yeah. a really long neck. Yes. <laughs> Something like yep. that. Thank you, Jen. Just before a couple was set to fly to Italy for their dream wedding, their beloved dog ate several pages out of the groom's passport. WDHH-TV in Boston says Donato Frateroli and Magda Masri Hope the worst is over after their golden retriever named Chicky tore up Mr. Frateroli's passport. The incident happened hours after the couple filled out intention of marriage forms at Boston City Hall. Turns out Chicky turned the passport into a chew toy. The couple's dream wedding in Italy is set to take place next Thursday, and they were worried the groom-to-be wouldn't be able to make it. The couple's plea for help was answered by George Reagan of Reagan Communications, as well as some elected officials who all helped expedite the process of getting a replacement passport. 
The couple hope to have the replacement by tomorrow. That would be just two days before their scheduled flight to Italy on Friday. Chicky, meantime, appears to be out of the doghouse. That'll do it for this hour. For Jennifer Koshenka and Dave, Ga- uh, Dave Duncan, I'm Gordon Deal. Thanks for listening to This Morning, America's First News.